ComC.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 24 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. To better serve the hobby, ComC recently made changes to streamline their services and improve turnaround. They even opened a new building. To learn more about the exciting changes being made at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. We have had quite a bit of news start to roll out over the last couple weeks about this summer's plans for card shows and conventions. It feels like we're getting a little bit back to normal. The National is going to be going as expected. Beckett announced that the Industry Summit will be back to a live in-person event this fall in September, which is exciting to see. There's a new card show that's going to be attached to that. It's just, we have so much going on. The, the, the companies are starting to talk about their plans for what they're going to do at the National, and more and more of those types of things are taking shape. And uh, I'm excited about that. After this last year, I'm excited that things are going to get back to normal, get a chance to see some people that I haven't seen in several years, get a chance to meet some people for the first time that we became friends over social media. And so I am excited to see what this summer brings, and I'm looking forward to these next couple months unfolding. Um, I just can't wait to see what happens. On today's episode, I'm going to be bringing another edition of Better Know a Collector. I'm going to be talking with Ken Capel. He is somebody that, as you'll hear, I met through Dr. Beckett's virtual hobby dinner, and he is a big collector of hockey cards. He almost exclusively focuses on hockey cards at this point in his collecting journey. I haven't had a lot of people that discussed hockey in the past. We've done a few episodes that that brought in hockey, but not a ton. So I thought Ken would be a great addition to the lineup to talk a little bit about his hockey collection and why he, he collects those things. And so we're going to go ahead and do that here in a minute. But first, I want to again tell you about Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by collectors for collectors they break new product every tuesday thursday and sunday night and you can find out what they're going to be breaking this week at udogcollect.com but they're also expanding they have recently opened a brick and mortar card shop location in knoxville tennessee and so if you are in the in the general area you can go check out their physical card shop as well and so not only do they break not only do they have their facebook group where people talk about cards and and hits and uh, enjoy their collections, but you can also go visit them in person now. Learn more at udogcollect.com and tell them Waxpack Hero sent you. Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. It is a pleasure and an honor. Uh, I, w- I love everything that you're doing and your passion and excitement. And this is like one of those pinch me moments where I can't believe I'm actually getting a chance to talk with you on the podcast. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I want to get in a little bit to your collecting background, but I, I, even before that, I want to touch on how we first got connected. 
And that was because both of us had a chance to attend Dr. Beckett's virtual hobby dinner. And so I wanted to, to first get a chance to understand how did you get connected with Dr. Beckett? You know, it was funny. I, he, I, I, I got turned on to his podcast and I just started listening one day and I, and he was saying in the early days of his podcast, he was saying, shoot me some ideas, give me some ideas. He was putting it, you know, putting it all out there. And I asked him a question one time about, uh, I'm a hockey collector. And I said, I'd really like to hear some hockey stuff. And he says, well, give me a cup. He got back to me, which when I saw the email come in, I freaked out because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the man on Mount, this is Mount Rushmore of sports cards. And he's reaching out to me. And we, um, he said, why don't you just go do a little, like a little five, six minute thing on what you want to say, you know, what your question is. And I recorded it and sent it to him. And then I didn't hear much about it. And then all of a sudden, one day I get, I'm, I'm checking his podcast and there's what I recorded. He had made an episode out of with him introducing the intro. So after that, as I, I kept feeding him questions like, you know, ideas for, you know, so from topics. And then he's just started saying, all right, let's do, let's do, a, let's do a chat. And then that led to a Q and A, you know, the, the, the trading questions back and forth. And then that led to another one. I think I've been on five, six times and loving every minute of it. Cause it's got me so excited again to get, to get into the, the a hobby, the way we are. And then he invited me over for the modern dinner and I was so honored because that was something I wanted to do from the minute I heard about it. Now, obviously, I was hoping it would be in Dallas, but hey, I was okay with the with the virtual as well. Yeah, same here. That was that was quite an honor. I had had a chance to talk with a few other people who had been to some of the other in person dinners in the past, and just sounded like a pretty cool opportunity to get to to talk the hobby and talk cards. And so, it, I was also honored to be able to be a part of it. You know, and and when I learned and I found out that hockey was one of your primary interests. I wanted to reach out and see if you'd want to come on and chat too. Hockey is one of those topics and one of those subjects that I've had a couple people on in the past that have touched on hockey, but I have not done a lot of episodes or a lot of content around hockey. So I wanted to bring you on. So let's transition that back into your background and your collecting background. At what point did your hockey fandom start? You know, it was funny because I, I started collecting in 1975. My first set was 75 Tops Baseball. I cannot tell you how many George Brett and Robin Younts I probably had. Um, but also, I learned the hard way. Um, Mom did throw out the baseball cards. You know, it was the, the next season came out and... You know, she was asking us, do you want these? And my brother was like, no, they're last year's. We're collecting this year. So she was like, okay. And she pitched them. So probably 10, 15 Yount and Bretts went in the garbage can that day. So, but that was the only year when I found out about it, that was the only year that ever happened. So I collected as most people do, you know, started off as a kid. I was probably eight, nine years old at that point. We flipped cards, brought them to school, just did all the stuff you do with the cards through the 70s and then the early 80s. And then you know, when I got to be around 16, I got a job, part-time job, and started discovering girls. And the cards kind of went away, which would have been right around the junk wax era in 86, 85, 80, 87. And I kind of stayed out of it for a few years, went to school, got my, got my education, started working, got married. And then it was funny 
because what, during the 70s, I collected, in the early 80s, I collected everything. I collected baseball, I collected football, wrestling, and hockey. And I stopped cl- collecting hockey because after 90, the 80, 81, and 81, 82 tops, they didn't, tops didn't do hockey cards anymore. And I was out in New York, so I stopped collecting hockey, never went back to it, really, um, until when I got out of the hobby. But kept going with the baseball cards. But I was a I grew up on Long Island and I was a big New York Islanders fan uh, back in the 80s with the four Stanley Cups. And also I remember it explicitly, I really fell in love with the sport of hockey in February of 1980, which of course was Miracle on Ice. So I just I was drawn into it. We loved it. So I collected the hockey cards for the next two seasons and then they were gone. And that was so great to see all the guys that were in the Olympics have their cards, Jim Craig and Kenny Morrow and Dave Christian. But then when they, you know, then they stopped making cars and I kind of went away. Well, after I got married, I've been married for a few years. My best friend, who has been my best friend since grade school, um, we were, I was over his house and we were talking. He invited me to, to be the best man in his wedding. And we're having a conversation. He goes, oh, I got to show you something. And he pulls out 91-92 upper deck hockey. And he specifically shows me these dated, these retro cards of the Islanders, Bobby Nystrom, Ken Morrow, and, and uh, Clark Gillies. And I was just like, I'm sold. That These cards are beautiful. I'd never seen anything like them. And that was it. Never got back into baseball. Never got back into the wrestling or football. Just went straight through with hockey. Went backwards to the years that I was collecting and I've just been collecting really hockey ever since that 91, 92 upper deck. So 91, 92 upper deck got you back into hockey, went back and caught up, stuck with hockey from this point forward. Has that been pretty consistent then for the last 30 years or so, or was there any other breaks in between there as the family grew and all of those types of things or has it been pretty consistent since that early 90s? Well, it, it kind of went in, in spurts. I went with, in the early 90s. I collected it all. I mean, all Dunross, Ultra, Upper Deck, Tops when they had. I mean, I, I tried to collect everything. Uh, then around um, 94, my son was born. And at 94, I, I, I didn't like take a break that much, shall we say, but I still collected, but not quite as much. And then when my daughter was born in 97, that's when I kind of had to make a couple decisions at that point. What's more important at this point, collecting or putting food on the table? So I really focused on my family um, and then went back to school, finished my degree because I hadn't finished it the first time, but I went back and finished it. And then... In 2000, what happened was the Columbus Blue Jackets started playing, and they are my team. And that got me, you know, I was still collecting at the point, but very, you know, limited at that point, one set per year, which was usually the upper deck flagship. And then when 2000 came, it was, it, it opened the doors again. And then, and that is also, which was a coincidence, really in earnest, that's when the Young Gun rookie cards started coming out. So my collection over the, since then has been upper deck, you know, series one, series two, and extended, whatever they do, every single young gun that comes out 
you know, that has the Young Gun logo on it and then Blue Jackets, you know. So my, you know, I have two big collections right now and that's the Young Guns collection and the Blue Jackets collection. And uh, the Blue Jackets one is everybody that's played at least one game in the NHL for the Blue Jackets. I have their card, a base card. So you think starting in 2000, it's not that hard. It's getting harder <laughs> as it goes, but once you, you kind of keep up with it. And then, of course, um, I, I, I'm a really big rookie card collector, specifically the Young Guns. And um, I'm actually pretty getting, getting, getting pretty close. I've got, for the history of Young Gun rookie cards, so not anything like Legends or Flashbacks, I'm missing one card from the start of it in 1990. Wow. And that is uh, a Henrik Zetterberg. Uh, young guns rookie which i've got my eye on and i just have to decide when i want to actually pay what they're asking for it any thoughts on on upper deck having that exclusive would you would you like some of the other manufacturers to be able to produce hockey cards again or are you happy with what upper deck is doing and happy with the the products that they're releasing um you know what to be honest with you i really enjoyed when panini had it not, you know, I still, the, the only rookie card, in my opinion, is still the Young Guns. I love those. Just the way they they hold their value. They look nice every year. They're, they're complete. They have all the great players. But I liked being able to get the differences, you know, and especially in 13-14 when they had, I think that's where Panini really hit their stride, you know, with all the different products they had. And their jersey cards and their memorabilia in general I thought was just a lot more eye-pleasing than what Upper Deck does. Upper Deck kind of uses the same stuff over and over. Panini is always pushing that envelope. And I really wish we could get in, if you know, another manufacturer would come in just to get a little bit of change. I would still buy Upper Deck, but I'd also buy a little bit more. And like Tops has their skate app and I checked that out and I'm a member of that. If they could just get a license, the stuff that they're creating is just mind blowing to me. Upper decks, it looks good, but for certain things, those uh, those other brands just will bring something that upper decks not bringing at this point. Have you checked out any of the top sticker products that they have started to release those last couple of years? Is that anything yes. that appeals to you at all? No, I'm not. I was never a sticker guy. Even back in the eighties, when Tops had the stickers originally, I had the sticker books, and they're floating around my parents' house somewhere. But uh, it's, you know, it, it was just one of those things. I did it. I, I, I put the stickers in. But back then, I was just more interested in who the, the Islanders of that group. And But I do the book and then finish it and then never look at it again. So the cards are the thing that I like. I mean, actually putting them in the top loaders, putting them in collections and, and sorting through them. Have you gone into the um, EPAC at all? Have you have you done EPAC at all? Have you pursued any of that? you know, with the, that program and then getting them um, shipped or transferred over to Comp C or anything like that? Yeah, the first two years, I did a lot of EPAC, um, you know, 15, 16, 16, 17. And I really enjoyed blending the cards together and then getting the foil cards or the, the differences of the speckles. What I realized was, you know, it was the same thing and it was just a lot more, you know, it was harder to get them per se, you know, to get the base cards. And I utilize Comp C 
a lot for that now. I just, you know, wait a few months and then go in and buy every card that I want on Com C and don't go through the hassle. What I really loved about EPAC though, when they stopped doing it was when they came out with um, the compendium set, which was three, I think the first year was three series because they were great because you had, because I'm, like I said, I'm a Blue Jacket collector and I want them not only in a car, but I want them in the Blue Jackets logo. They went deep into the into the teams. I could get those third and fourth liners that you never see in any of the you know the base product, you know the regular upper deck products that to fill out the collection. And I loaded up those first two years and combined a lot of cards and had a lot lot of cards shipped from Com C. But ever since they stopped doing Compendium and it was just basically you know the same stuff that you get in the stores or the sh- the local card shops, I should say, I've been kind of turned off by it. Yeah, it's interesting, and and the the prices for the longest time, a lot of people viewed it negatively because the prices for those cards that were issued via EPAC are so cheap on ComC, you know, pennies, and it turned a lot of people off, I think. But I've found that you, there's still some flipping that can be done even on those low dollar or penny type cards that are that are via epac and so there's a big chunk of my current comp c inventory that is is hockey cards i, I guess i wanted to try a little project and i went via epac and bought on the secondary market on comp c the whole rookie jersey set from last year and so i tracked down all of those series two rookie jersey relic cards and bought them all on ComC that were originally issued via EPAC on ComC and said, you know, this will be something a little bit different. So that was kind of a fun little project that I did to, to put together all of last year's rookie jerseys um, via, via ComC EPAC stuff. So that was, that was kind of a fun thing. Do you collect much vintage hockey as well? Yeah, well, actually, what, what I've done is my goal is to get a set, a base set of cards every year since I was born. So I was born in 1967. So that is my goal is to get at least one set from every every year. I, I haven't hit the 60s yet, but I'm pretty much caught up with the 70s and getting closer with the 80s because, you know, that, that was the fun time. Now, what's funny is most of the rookie cards I've gotten from that time. So when I say the 60s, that's my ultimate goal. The first goal I did was, you know, I talked about how I, the day I fell in love with hockey, which was 1980. So every set since 1980 and on, that's what I'm, I'm focused on right now. I've got some of the 70s, and, but I haven't hit the 60s, like I said, but I'm trying to get at least that. But I've got all the rookies, all the significant tops or OPG rookies from that time. So starting with Gretzky, which... Is, has been exploding lately. I, I just wish I would have got on the bandwagon of the OPG um, a year, a couple of years ago. And then all the way through 1990, which is when Upper Deck started. So I do tops or OPG from 80 to, to 90, basically. And then um, from then on Upper Deck. And I did have to tell you too, the other collection, which I can't believe I forgot this. It's like probably, it's when I tell people, they're like, how did you ever get that idea? It's like the number one draft pick because every year there's one number one draft pick. That's it. So not per team, just that's it. I've got 
every a card of every single number one draft pick in the history of the NHL. Funny thing is, three out of the first four years, they never played in the NHL. There's no cards. Wow. So the guys that in the first three of the first four years never had a card. But up until 1990, it's either tops or OPG. And then from 1990 on, it's young guns. So, which kind of fits in with that young guns collection again. So, yeah. So you think of every number one draft pick, the highs like McDavid and Crosby to the lows of Nail Yakupov and Alexander Daigle or Daig. I've got them in a, in a collection somewhere, some here in the house. But, you know, it's just, that was just one of those collections. I said, that's something different. You know, it's like, and then it's nice because once you complete it, you only got to get one extra every year. These last couple of years, we've seen quite a resurgence in the hobby. I'd say that hockey is probably one of those sports that has been impacted less when compared to some of the other sports. Have you experienced any impacts in the pursuit of your collection that kind of stand out to you as, as man, this resurgence is impacting me negatively or man, this is great that we're seeing a, a resurgence in the hobby and some of it is bleeding into hockey as well. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that is happening is, and maybe it's just a single license, maybe it's upper deck, but there's between retail and hobby and EPAC, there's not a lot of difference. I mean, you can go buy a box of retail and a box of hobby and get the young guns. They're the same ratio. And there's really nothing different in the two. So I've noticed, you know, looking at on Twitter and, and going to stores, when I can find cards sitting in some of the retail establishments, usually they are hockey. So I could still pick some up. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I walked in and found a couple of tins of Upper Deck Series 2, and I was shocked. It was just like, okay, that's the first for a while. But what I'm noticing, though, is with the explosion, even though it hasn't hit hockey as much, it has with the prices. I know that, you know, what, I, what I'm paying this year to what I paid the last year and the year before that is up quite a bit. It's up probably 25 to 40% over what I was paying in the past for basically the same thing. You know, because I, I, I like to buy packs but i'm also realizing if i'm going to get every young gun in the set and then the blue jackets teams and then all this other stuff i can't oh i can't just rely on boxes i like to support the local card shops and do what i need to do but at the same point i utilize ebay and um facebook the marketplaces where you know to get complete sets or get those cards that i'm missing because i'm one of those people that if i'm missing a card or five cards it drives me insane I'm looking everywhere I can look to find those final five cards. And usually at that point, the price is off the table. At that point, there's no pricing. It's just like, I'll get what I have to get. But I noticed that with series one Lafreniere this year, it was, I mean, it was a lot harder to get that, to get that set together. And then series two, I thought, well, I'll get a little bit of a break, but then with Stolt, I can't even say his name, Stolze and Karisov, if I said him right, I'm sorry if I didn't. Um, they were, it's even, it was even harder to find those and, and how to keep paying more. So I'm happy because I look at my collection and I see the value going up, up, up. But at the same point, I know it's a, it's a double-edged sword because it's like whenever anything new comes out, I'm going to have to pay a lot more to get it and get it done and keep my collection going, which limits me. 
you know, I'd love to, you know, there's, you know, only so much I'm, I'm, I can spend on it. I want to spend a lot more than I do, but I'm still putting kids through college and got a wedding to pay for. And we're just trying to, you know, I'm trying to budget my money right, but it's harder to be a budget. And, I, I, and that really hit home when Dr. Beckett asked that question on our, our modern conversation. It was like, yeah, budgeting. I mean, you still got to, I'm blessed with the job that I have, that I've had a good year. But at the same point, everything's getting so much more expensive that you have to still budget. Yeah, I think that's that double-edged sword that a lot of people don't necessarily realize or that it's not the first thing that they think of. You know, we've had, a, a, it wasn't that long ago where people were worried that the hobby was dying and everything they thought of was how are we going to get more collectors into the market? How can we get more people to care about cards? And now that we're seeing that, we've seen the massive run up in prices, both of sealed wax and a lot of the, the key cards. And people are saying, maybe, maybe we want some more collectors, but we don't necessarily want everyone to come and collect cards because that's created such a run up in demand. Um, I have some, some friends who are heavy into NASCAR collecting, and that was a product where you could count on within a few months after a release you're going to be able to pick up those hobby boxes on clearance. And it was such an affordable category to collect. And now those, those boxes and those packs aren't, aren't as cheap as they used to be. And, and the older wax is drying up and, and hockey I see is somewhat similar to that. When I came back into the hobby in 2015, 16, some of those 2013 score boxes that you had you talked about panini in that era those were some of the first things that i got i had just moved back from living in toronto and had become a lease fan and re-entering cards hockey was one of those things that i was starting to pick up some some stuff on too and those boxes i think those hobby boxes i was getting for like 13 or 15 dollars a box when i when i first came in um which was crazy you know compared to to what you could see now oh i know i like for the longest time, I still, because it, it still has a special place in my heart, because that's what got me back in. If I see a 9192 upper deck box, series one or series two, or a 9091 score, I buy them. It's just like anytime I'd see them. And for the longest time, five, eight dollars I could pick them up for. Now I'm seeing 25 to 30 dollars for the same boxes. And I'm like, What's 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 happening here? I'll, I'll tell you what the big thing is going to be, and I'm really excited. You because you, you said Toronto, and it sparked something in me. Every, since 2014, the the friend of mine, Jim, who got me back into collecting, we've made it an annual trip to go to the Toronto Sports Expo in November, the fall version in November, which always coincided with the release of Upper Deck Series One. Well, obviously last year we didn't go, but but I, I'm so excited but nervous because. I just, you know, that, to those that don't know about that expo, it's like the national, except instead of the national is like 5%, 10% hockey, it's 90% hockey up in Toronto. It's smaller, but everybody has hockey. And if you want it, you can find it. But I just would go there and I'd come back with, with monster boxes filled with cars that I was able to purchase in those three days I was up there. I don't know what it's going to look like this year. Assuming they have it in November, which they probably will, I'm guessing. And if they kind of have it, I'm going to be there. But I'm just very nervous because, you know, what will happen to the dollar boxes? 
what's going to happen to the $5 boxes or the dollar box is now going to be $10 boxes. I don't know. It's just going to be really interesting to see and kind of, I'm actually thinking about going to the national this year um, because I love Chicago, but just checking it out just to see, okay, what's, what's Toronto going to look like if, if this, if the national looks like this and how different it is, you know, the collecting atmosphere. Yeah, I was going to ask if you plan on going to the National and then also if you had had plans for the the Expo and you just hit on that. It, it sounds like I've never been to the Expo. When I was up there, I, that was before I got back into cards. And so as one of those things that I was just up the road, but I missed out on on getting a chance to attend it. But from what everybody says, it's it's an amazing time and, and it rivals the national, especially if you're into, into hockey. Oh yeah. Plus the stories you hear. I mean, just sitting around and one day I was sitting there just going through a box and there's a guy sitting there talking and he's talking about Billy Smith, the Islanders goalie and how, when he played against them and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> he played against them. And then one of the vendors is Marcel Dion you know, Hall of Famer. He's a vendor up in Toronto. And then we were having breakfast one morning and I'm sitting next to three guys that played on the Red Wings back in the 80s. And so, and everybody's so friendly and everybody is just, you know, having a good time. And I, I miss it. It's, I can't believe it's November of 19 was the last time I was up there, but I'm counting the days literally till November of 21. Now you mentioned having a couple kids. Do any of them collect at all? Are they into cards? No, you know, my son never got into the cards, um, but he got into Pokemon cards. So he's a big Pokemon collector, especially the for, he, he's really into the first couple of years. He's 26 now. Uh, but what my, my, my buddy and I, who we do it all together, his two boys and my two kids have no interest in cards whatsoever. And neither one of our dads ever did anything. So we, it started with us and it stopped with us. So yeah, I'd love to, to be able to, to give my collection to my son one day, but he, you know, he'd rather do his Pokemon cards, which is fine. I, I, I respect that. He doesn't, he doesn't get the hockey. I don't get the Pokemon, but we know we both have a passion. So at least we have that type of conversation. My daughter, no, she never, never got into it. I was also wondering you know, a lot of the folks that I talk to have kind of both that hobby and business side of, of collecting or, or, or of the hobby, or they're somehow involved in creating content. Do you do anything else to share your collection or to engage in that way? Do you kind of have a, a content focus at all? Or are you primarily just out there collecting, building your, your collection and that type of thing? Well, right now I'm really enjoying, especially the last four or five years when I really got back into it. And then I really want to get into the podcasting space. So I think I think I've got some good stories and I'm just trying to figure out how I fit into it sure. at this point and what I can do, especially being primarily a hockey collector. Uh, so trying to find my way through that and really just trying to just get my collection good. I've been focusing on the collection, but then, you know, the second act of my life is coming closer than, you know, you know, it has been now. I think I'm less than 10 years, hopefully before I can retire. And I'm, I'm going to try to set up in the next couple of years, what I'm going to do after I retire and how I'm going to spend my time. And I know a lot of it is going to be in the hobby. 
and you know just even if it's just a vendor you know going going to different shows i love i'd love to go you know to the the expos the national consistently all of them throughout the year go down to to dallas and see those card shows that i hear about down dallas all the time the rich klein shows and then the monthly show but really just be specific keep my collecting going but at the same point starting to share and I love getting on with you here and, and my stories that I've been on with Dr. Beckett to kind of just kind of shift it. One of the, one of the times he let me on, I should say let me on, was, was we talked about insurance because I'm in the insurance industry and we talked about insuring your cards. And that was a lot of fun because I got to actually talk about the, the thing, the two things that are passion in my life, what I do during the day and what I do on the weekends and nights and kind of combine them all together. But really just kind of try to get more, you know, kids into the hobby. And, you know, especially when, you you know, a little hook to try to get, you know, we, we talk about and everybody always talks about it, that gap when you meet, you know, when you start working and you start date girls and everything. Well, really try to find a way to get them back into the hobby sooner, uh, but also help them out because I've been through it all. I mean... You know, at one point in my life, I had all my old baseball rookie cards that my mom didn't throw out that I used to buy formula and diapers with. So, you know, and then, but then you look back over the last five years, I've been able to go back and repurchase every single one of those that I gave away, basically gave away for diapers and formula. I've been able to go back and get those again from those, you know, late seventies, early eighties. So happy about that. Plus had some extra, you know, cash for investments, you know, and best, best thing right now is one of the best investments you can do is sports cards. And I'm starting to see that now, you know, I, in 2014, I bought a Derek Jeter SP rookie card just because I love Derek Jeter. And it was the, the first and only baseball card I bought in the last 20 years. And that, that's it. And, you know, I look at that as, okay, what can I do with this now down the road to help me collect more of what I want to do, not to flip it, but to actually put it in towards the collecting. So that's kind of where I'm kind of spinning my wheels at right now. I like it. Well, thanks Ken for coming on today and sharing a little bit about your collecting background and what you're chasing down and, and why you're so passionate about, about hockey cards. So thanks. Any final thoughts that you want to make sure people are aware of before we go? No, just, you know, um, I love what you're doing. I love listening to your podcast. You're so even, you know, I, I love your voice is perfect. And, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. But also, you know, maybe keep, keep, keep watching the sports and keep, you know, collecting the cards because it's just not for kids. It is, but we want to keep the kids involved. But I'm, you know, 54 and I feel like a kid most days. Like I get so passionate when I'm talking about it and when I'm collecting and when I, I still get in, I don't get the magazines anymore, but when I get online and I look at my cards and I'm like, oh, this one is this and this is that and this is who I need. So just keep the passion going. The sports card shop at MoCo is your small town local shop with a global reach. Conveniently located in New Buffalo, Michigan. We're an easy drive for most residents in Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, and Ohio. Come see us every Tuesday through Saturday from 10 to 5 and Sundays from 12 to 5. 
Want to shop from the comfort of your home? Give us a call at 269-469-0140 or visit our website at thesportscardshopatmoco.com or our Facebook page. Major credit cards and PayPal accepted and we ship anywhere in the world. We're an authorized dealer for both Panini and Tops, with new sealed wax from both arriving weekly. And yes, we have PSA and SGC graded cards and over a quarter of a million singles in stock. Be sure to follow us and turn on notifications for posts to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so you don't miss out on new arrivals. The Goatcher family has been serving this community for over a decade. So stop by or visit us at the sports card shop at moco.com. Thanks again to Ken for coming on. I really appreciated his perspective on hockey cards. I like his focus on the draft picks, the number one draft picks, as well as building those young gun sets every year and collecting at least one set from every year he was born. It's a pretty cool collecting focus, and I appreciate getting a chance to hear more from him. So thanks again, Ken, for coming on. I'd love to know what you think about this episode. I'd love to know what you think about Ken's collection. Reach out to me and let me know at waxpackhero at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. And I'd really appreciate it if you would help spread the word by telling your friends about the show if it's something that you enjoy. Well, that's all I've got for you today, so I'll catch you next time.